Dad, just try... Try not to make an even bigger mess of things. Get the cut in. First time in Moscow? Yeah. First time. American? Yeah, New York. Are you a cop? Welcome to Moscow! Jack! Dad? Welcome back to the Pod Closet. I'm your co-host Ryan, joined as always by my main man Andrew Tuck. What's going on, buddy? And this is Tuck and Rolls, a movie podcast by a guy that likes movies. That's me, and a movie guy. That's you. How are you, buddy? I am doing fantastic. Okay, time out. Like we are getting way too professional. That was awesome. We're gonna keep doing that. I well, like that. Well, last week when I tried to say it, I threatened to come on our listeners. So let's not <laughs> let's not fucking jerk each other yeah, off like, too quick, bud. You know what? This is the last episode before the new year. This is holy the shit. It is end of the end of December. Um, don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. But um, Tuck, I when did we start doing doing this? June? June, June, yeah. Do you want me to like start? Wait, can you start talking about how reflective you are? I'll just go. When all the things be <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were going to start doing in the arms of an angel at first. I was like, or, or isn't that like, sad? I don't know if that. We go on. <laughs> well, Tuck, it has been. Um, uh, well, it's been a terrible year. If I'm being perfectly honest with you, it's been not yeah. good at all. But this has been one little shining light for me, honestly. But it's such a pleasure doing this with you every week. Yeah, man, I uh, I echo that sentiment completely. I think this is the first time we've agreed on the podcast, except when it comes to Fast and the Fears. But um, yeah, it's been a very fun, I've had a lot of fun. I can't wait for 2021, Tuck and Rolls' year. That's what everybody's saying. I heard that. 2021 is the year of Tuck and Rolls. Um, I've already got it. the t-shirts made up, so it better <laughs> be. <laughs> which, which we're going to sell because we've got to start monetizing this. So yeah, look for Tuck and Roll's store coming sometime 2021, 22, 23, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tuck, did you, do you have time for a five second review before we get into this week's Die Hard? Because it I is December. As you mentioned, the last week of the year, but the last week of December also. A good day to December. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> you got to get that pun in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's not really a pun, but uh, it's just a dumb. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just a dumb. Yeah, I did. I watched uh, Replacements again. Movie's fantastic. Oh, with Keanu. <laughs> yeah, Chicks Dig Scars. I mean, there is definitely like a, it's a football movie, so there's a lot of like traditional gender roles. So, 
you know, it's not good for that. But if you want just like a fun Gene Hackman and Keanu Reeves movie, <laughs> which I think there's one of, maybe two, but um, it's great. I love it. Brought me back to when I was, uh, you know, 14-year-old Tuck or whatever. I enjoyed that movie too. Um, no five-second review for me. All I've done since we last recorded is play Cyberpunk 2077. That's it. Oh, Nothing yeah. else. I, oh, I got fun news about that. You want Tuck does Tuck's video games for me? Oh, hell yeah. Tell, talk video games to me, so, baby. Apparently I was, uh, so I uh, had a very good conversation with a girl at work about video games. Thank you for all this knowledge, Ryan. She was asking me about Cyberpunk. I said, well, I hear it's uh, kind of like Shadowrun and I kind of give her the bits. She's like, yeah, I'm really excited to get it. I said, I don't know how it's going to be on the PS4 because of the load times because i imagine a game that's that intense would need a solid state drive like a ps5 boom comes out later sony is refunding everybody's money for this game on the ps4 because the load times are so intense i was like holy shit ryan knew what he was talking about and I not even just the load that. times like it basically doesn't run on the base ps4 yeah. um past past podcast guest um our, our buddy berg he has a original ps4 not the ps4 pro because remember mm-hmm. there's a difference right yeah. which shout out to my brother kane who now has my ps4 pro um also kane if you're listening to this pay me um <laughs> <laughs> where's my money yeah where's my money where's my money uh so berg has base ps4 and he is playing it on that and it it it's not unplayable but it does not play well it crashes all the time things don't load in properly there's just like graphic stuff missing like it's a fucking mess uh and then there was slightly more political issues between um the company that made it cd project red and sony and then with all the refund stuff sony pulled it from the digital store which Uh, is insane that never happens that's crazy so i also said it's by the guys that did the witcher yes and that's that means it's a very intense game so you know thanks for all those uh fun facts i was able to use to enhance my relationship with uh my coworker sonia who does no problem happy to do it she did. Uh, she did listen to a couple episodes because she's like, "You know what, Tuck? I don't like movies." I said, "Okay, then we're a movie podcast, kind of." Oh wow! You know what? What a segue. Speaking of somebody who doesn't really like movies, <laughs> we have brought back on a past guest, and I thought this was a really interesting pairing because this wonderful guest that we've brought on favorite la- past guest, favorite past guest. Like this is a fan favorite, pod favorite, everybody's favorite past guest. Number one in my heart. Number one on the number sixteen in your analytics. Shane um, Falco. No, <laughs> but interesting because last time we brought her on, if listeners remember, when we had our Bechdel test episode, our friend Liz is back to talk about a whole film series that fails the Bechdel test. Every single one. Every single one. Liz. Also, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. welcome back. Also, we need Liz and Kayla to talk about something other than us, and then we finally pass the Bechdel. Should we test. just give them their <laughs> own episode? Yeah, like we need them to get on the podcast, not talk about us, and then Tuck and Rose will finally pass the Bechdel test. That would be perfect. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Um, yeah, actually, you guys are getting really good at the intros. That was that pumped my tires quite a bit. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. A lot yeah, of practice. Well, that's key. That's a a future guest. Listen to what Liz just did. Make sure you compliment the co-hosts when you come on because we are w- going to be way nicer to you if you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we ever mean to our guests? No, well, I'm mean I just, to everybody. Like, so, I just want I some know. compliments. You got to hashtag pump tuck tires or whatever. <laughs> That sounds. Anyways, Liz, w- thank you so much for coming back. Now, w- when I approached you to come back on for December, the uh, five week bit that probably people got tired of after three weeks, but I had a, <laughs> I had a great idea and I wanted to run with it. You said I don't know if I'll be good for this movie because I haven't seen any diehards, and I said no, that's actually perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've yeah. never seen a diehard before. 
I had never seen a Die Hard. Were you aware of the is Die Hard a Christmas movie debate? Yes, I was I was very aware of it and I felt like I sat on the fence about that particular issue, but I couldn't really speak to it in an informed way because I hadn't I hadn't I hadn't seen it. I mean, you're on the internet now, Liz, with this podcast. It goes out on the internet. So what you want to do on the internet is be uninformed, but also mm. strongly opinionated. That's the right. move. Okay. Well, like, so I guess I'm of the perspective that if Sound of Music is a Christmas movie to me because I watch it at Christmas and it includes a Christmas scene. So, I mean, anything could be a Christmas movie, So your, movie, your, your opinion is if you if you feel that it's a Christmas movie and your household watches it at Christmas, then it's a Christmas movie to you. I think so. I like yeah. that. Make your own traditions, you know? Then uh, GoldenEye is a Christmas movie for me, if we're going Great. with that. Oh, nice. Board. I like this. Okay. Okay, Liz. I can be on. Yep. Uh, now, good news, I... bad news here. Good news. We got you back on the pod. Love it. Love having you. In fact, I even, I knew you were coming, and I was like, this is a classy guest. This isn't like one of our trash guests, like no. Casey. <laughs> this is a good <laughs> guest, and I didn't want to just drink White Claw, so I, I actually classed it up for you. I'm drinking this. Founders Original Gin Bramble. Ooh. And I wasn't planning this, but while I was waiting to get things going, I uh, I read the can, and I just need to read this for everybody. So I got to get it out into the light of the pod closet. A tart and refreshing blend of premium gin, juniper lemon bitters, real lemon and blackberry juice, pure cane sugar, and crisp effervescent water. Huh? How's that sound, right? First of all, you nailed that. Second of all, that sounds classy as shit. It does. I'm flattered. Yeah. It's pretty good. I like it. I mean, it's no White Claw, but it's fine. I made myself a Moscow Mule. Oh, damn. Classy. I, I, have, I have a Mead Hito, and it's Ooh. I'm sorry. What? It's, Those are so uh, good. It's a Mead Hito. So it's the one a Mojito, the... but you've made it with mead instead of rum? Well, I didn't make it. Um Fallen Timber made it. But yeah. Yes. Those ones. Yeah. Those are the best. They taste so good. They're really good. It's like yeah. mead, but with mint and Yum. mint in it. Well, now, Tuck, you'll notice um, past four Decembers, we've gotten right into the action because yeah. we start going through these movies and we need the time. Um, and I'm stalling because Ooh, I fucking time. hated every second of this goddamn trash pile. So <laughs> oh, I didn't. Boy. I didn't hate every second, but I, I will as we go through the movie. I'll tell you when I started hating it. I don't know if I have it in me to go through this movie beat by beat. Like you might need to lead the lead the charge on this one, Liz. For overall thoughts, like beginning, you know. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, that's good. Ooh, yeah, that's worse. And that good. brings a good fatherly energy, which is like, with the, in line with the movie. Yeah, um, the first twenty minutes were better than the rest of the whole movie. That's what my thoughts were. I said, yeah. like, honestly, I can handle the whole. Uh, I can handle a lot of it, and the one-liners were were good. Like, and and those, I think we could talk about this in a bit about nostalgia and stuff. But a lot of the one-liners actually had me giggling. But there's a as soon as they mention uh, Chernobyl, that's when I'm just like, ugh, this movie I have is awful. Same note, same note. Yeah. They really jumped we're, we're the radioactive shark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they did. So okay, this gotta, movie opens ask, up. Did you guys watch this on Crave? No. Mm-mm. Okay, so I, rent, I rented it. I did not want to pay money. I did not want to pay money for this because I've only seen it once when it came out seven years ago, and I was like, I hate this. You hear but, that, listeners? I paid money for this. Yeah, and so I was like, it's You're on. Welcome. It's on Crave, <laughs> so I don't want to pay for it. But Crave played it without any of the Russian subtitling for the Russian speaking <gasps> things, so I had to look up a script of the movie and scroll through along with a film and read the Russian parts aloud to my beautiful wife Charlotte. Can I say that? 
of Russia. The, the subtitles piece was actually a piece that I enjoyed about the movie because so many movies just like make the bad guys talk in a Russian accent in English, and I just I appreciated that they kept that that piece. I got a yeah. fun accent fact. I got a fun accent fact. Sure, go for it. About the HBO miniseries Chernobyl, because everybody in that series has a British accent, like most of them. Um, the director said, look, I don't want you speaking in a fake Russian accent because it's going to be distracting to people. I'd rather you just speak in your normal voice because they were all European. So they spoke with a British accent. Then people will get the dialogue. They'll be a little pissed off about the accent, but it's not going to take away from the series. I mean, there's no real good solution to do it, right? Because it's like, well, if they, if in, if in the theoretical world of the film, they're supposed to be speaking Russian, Mm. then why would they be speaking English? Yeah. But also, why would they be speaking English with a Russian accent? That doesn't make any more or less sense, right? Like, yeah, it just doesn't, you know, it's a film. It doesn't all. Anyways, <laughs> we're talking about Russia because John McClane goes to Russia. This movie's so fucking dumb. I hate it. it First of all, John looks old as fuck. Second of all, we're introduced. Uh, no, you disagree? Good. No, so it starts off uh, with the jail scene, which I've never understood how people can play chess against one another. I can't even play chess against somebody else, but like, if you play chess against yourself, are you just practicing? Like, how does that work? Yeah, you're practicing. There's only so many moves that can be made. So, I guess I just this is this is one of those this is one of those uh, Mulholland Drive moments. Tuck, you're an idiot. I'm not an idiot, okay? Like, just don't get how people play chess against themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how to play chess, but I understand the the concept of it. Yeah. Okay. So we open up with the jail scene. We're introduced to the two main bad guys, and. Uh, one of them's threatening, he's got a file, and he uh, is going to expose this defense minister, and the defense minister is going to never let him speak in court. Boom. There's Yeah, it's there's these two scary Russians, and the whole prologue is like them just being menacing in Russian. And uh, let me tell you, on Crave with no subtitles, very confusing. <laughs> I, think, I think they used to be buddies. No, but um, then we're introduced to... An unknown character played by Jai Courtney, who we've discussed on the podcast, has a horrible agent because he is a good actor that takes awful roles. The only good thing he's ever done is when he was Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad. Yeah, but I think he's a good actor. He's great. He's just yeah. bad agent, bad roles. Yeah, like really bad roles. Did you think he was good, Liz? Like, do you did you th- think his performance was okay, other than the movie being trash? It was it was interesting because I read afterwards that Liam's hen- Liam Hemsworth, Hemsworth was one of the people that was kind of fingered for that role as well. Um, but uh, I think like they would have been interchangeable, honestly. Sure. Maybe Jai Courtney did a better job than Liam would have. Uh, I think being the dialogue, anybody Hemsworth. would have done a shitty job. <laughs> yeah, Hemsworth. it's like, you don't really do But so with much. the Russian speaking, come on. He learned Russian for the role, right? Like, oh, that's, was, that's pretty cool. That's what I was going to say, Ryan. I said when Crave didn't have the subtitles, I thought you were like, I just, then I spent four days on Duolingo learning Russian. <laughs> just no, so I, can translate I, already, I already put too much effort in this podcast. I'm not learning a, a, a Cyrillic alphabet. No fucking way. Yeah, they have extra letters. Um, <laughs> different letters, completely different. Uh, okay, so we flash, we meet Jai Courtney. He goes in, kills a guy, says it's in the name of the bad guy that's Shoots in jail. a guy in a club. Yeah, mm-hmm. in just, a club. Ba-bam, murder. Gets arrested. Then we flash to John McClane who's target practice and surprising cameo by Sucre, right? From prison bake, prison, prison bake. It's, it's a new, it's the new show on food network where inmates compete in a baking challenge. I'd watch prison. that. <laughs> yeah. I would also watch it. Yeah, it would be great. Oh, look, he's putting a sharpened toothbrush in this cake. Hmm. Must be going to his cellmate. 
right? I really, I like this actor and he had like more than a couple lines and I was like, oh, are we going to see him later? But then like they go to Russia and I'm like, well, he's not fucking coming to Russia. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I was disappointed by him. But yeah, I do like that. Um, Anyway. Basically he tells McLean, I found that info on your son that you're looking about and we see that it's Jai Courtney is his son and is in now in like Russian prison for murdering this guy. And basically John is like, man, he's a real bad kid. What has he got himself into now? Yeah. Which, last time I saw each other, last time he spoke, pff, must have been years. Got real bad. Like, okay, we get it. You're an estranged father. But the other thing was is they, they mentioned that the court date is the next day and he's already awaiting sentencing. Like, the timeline here is completely thrown off right away. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the Russian courts work faster than every other court in the history of They time. spent the whole budget of the film on those two big fucking trucks and nobody else, no other, de- the timeline department got cut. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so then we go back. John John is in a cab with Lucy, or she's he's getting dropped off at the airport because he's going to Russia with Surprise Lucy. Surprise cameo. Mary Elizabeth yeah. Winstead from the last movie. I was shocked. I didn't think she'd come back for this. I did. I thought it was great. I thought she was the best part of the movie. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. Agreed. And then uh, John gets on a plane. They have a plane scene. He's doing his cop thing. He's investigating, which at this point, we've accepted the fact that John McClane is a very good cop. And actually, surprisingly, all the cop work he does in this isn't that bad. Can you? Can we just talk about how he was looking at confidential documents on a plane, though? Yeah, no, that your neighbor would like just lean over and be like, hey, what are you airline? looking at? Yeah. You'd be elbow to elbow with some nosy grandma. I didn't think about that. I did. Yeah, but were they like national security documents? They were Russian documents. I, I also, he's thing, a New York City Russian cop, documents? so how would he, whatever the documents were, he shouldn't have them, basically. Yeah. Like, how did Sucre get them? Because, like, he had people. I, I'm assuming that he his knows arrest. A guy knows a guy. Yeah, I'm assuming his arrest flagged something. Like, they had a. APB out or something for yeah. Jai Courtney and they that flag something that's what I was like because I was thinking about that in my dog walk I was like well how the fuck did he get the... anyway so he gets to Russia and we get the classic fish out of water scene he's in the cab he's trying to speak Russian the cab driver speaks English they have a little banter talk about how bad traffic is he sings Wake some up Frank Sinatra in the city that never sleeps yeah right? that was that was more Jewish. Um, this um, is why I came on this podcast was to hear your Russian accent. McLean is trying to get to the courthouse. And my crazy thing is, so he reads in the newspaper basically or sees on the news that his son has been, uh, has committed murder in Russia and is going to court to be sent to prison. And he flies to Russia to go to the courthouse to what? Stop it? Like, what's your plan? Hire a lawyer. Hire a Russian speaking lawyer. What the fuck are you going to do? You can't even speak Russian. Yeah. They play by different rules over there. Uh, so do I. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. just stupid. So, the I didn't hate the cab driver. I thought we were going to see him back, like, you know, sort of an Argyle temp role, but no. Nah. Uh, Charlotte exactly said that. Oh, maybe he's yeah. like an Argyle. I was like, like nobody's Argyle. Gonna, he's one of a def- kind. Definitely going to run out of the courthouse and run in this cab again, because that's how John McClane works, but no. It's so funny watching this, not having watched the others, because I feel like there were moments where I was like, oh, this is a throw, you know, like, this is this is a callback. And oh, this that, movie is 70% callbacks. Totally. Yeah, and so there's that, a lot. That, that cab scene was, I was like, okay, well, I don't get it. And it's like sort of funny, but it's not really. <laughs> and But I bet you it references something earlier, right? Yeah, this isn't a callback. 
but it like we hope that this character like based on the past movies at this point you're hoping this character becomes a reoccurring character because in the in all of the diehards yeah in all of the diehards there's this um unexpected assistant like jerry argyle um the janitor merv marv yeah anyway Liz, I'm just going to, speaking of not knowing any of the other diehards, I'm just going to test a line yeah. on you and you tell me what the first thing you think is. I'm just going to say it and you just, like a word association. I shot a kid. <laughs> nothing? You got nothing? No. Huh. Huh. Oh, man. Okay, interesting. Good to know. So, uh, Okay, look, he gets to this so courthouse well. and basically he, again, oh, there's a truck and it's being suspicious and only John notices and it's like, I get that he's a good cop, but now you're in a strange person in a strange world and you still have better situational awareness than anybody local. I fucking doubt it. So, so he, yeah, like, they blow I up don't... the courthouse. He was right. The truck is suspicious. Better situational awareness than the entire FBI. So, yeah, obviously the CIA sure he's got more more situational awareness than them. Truck blows up a courthouse. <laughs> Keep going. So, um, okay, actually, I'm going to pause this for yeah. a second because I think yeah. in this whole in this whole scene, I was like, okay, so I don't have the backstory for this character. I don't like, I don't know anything about him really other than what the last two scenes have shown me and like cares about his kid enough to go to Russia at the drop of a hat. Obviously doesn't have a plan. Um, sort of is like a loosely good cop maybe. (laughs) Um, but in that moment, like in the whole, like trucks rolling around all this chaos going on around him and him just kind of standing there and putting it all together, I was like, okay, so I know two more things about him. Um, he's batshit crazy. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, super cool under pressure because he's probably seen a lot of shit in his life. And so I love him already, right? Like, he just, like, you know, when he, okay, I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but the first time he interacts with Jack, I'm like, okay, like, this is this is golden, right? He's acting like it's just, like, you know, running into him on the street when he is, but you know, there's obviously other circumstances that are happening. Um, yeah, just, you just nailed John McClane. I made this comment in the last episode because Justin Long's character, after they like kill a bunch of people, is like, why do you seem so okay with this? And Bruce Willis is just like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Like he's he, he's a little fucked up because of the stuff he does and sees. And you assume that has messed up his relationship with his family, which you then get to see. Yes, of course it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like a classic trauma response, right? It's like you only feel really alive or like, you know, um, in in vibrant. Can I say that Bruce Willis these days is doing a ton of straight to DVD bad action movies? And I swear to God, you could name one of them classic trauma response, and that would be fine. <laughs> it would work. That's actually not a bad title. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. That's a really, this is a really interesting perspective on John McClane based on, I don't know your past experience. This is like your, wow, this is like he's been forced to be interviewed by a stranger who has no idea what he's been through. Hmm. And you're nailing it. So maybe, Ryan, we're too hard on this movie. No, this movie fucking sucks. So (laughs) the the courthouse blows up and it turns out Jai Courtney is trying to break that guy out. He says like, I'm your best friend, throws him in a van. They try to take off. I had a problem with this. Like, what was his plan in the first place? Like, if they wouldn't have blown his side in the courthouse. But I guess they kind of, they knew. They knew. That, that he was going to blow after him. Sure. Yeah, that was the plan, yeah. to take advantage yeah. of their attack. Well, it was their only option. Because yeah. they couldn't get the guy. He was locked up so tight, right? As they showed us in his fucking Magneto-style prison earlier. But they didn't, they didn't blow it up. That was the defense minister. They just knew he was going to do it. Knew he was going to do it. Yeah, okay. Look, look. 
I'm going to tell you guys right now, we do not need to try to figure out the things in this movie because they don't work because it's bad. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Keep going. So he runs, he gets him out of the courthouse, gets him into the van that he hit earlier, which we saw in the opening scene. And then he runs into dad. Bumps into his dad and basically is like, get the fuck out of here or I will shoot you if I have to. And his dad's like, what are you doing? What's going on? I'm a dad. It was so bad. Like he just started yelling, Jack, 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 Jack. John McClane went from being a cool under pressure, hard nosed kind of every man cop that you could put yourself in his shoes to slowly getting a couple of catchphrases and then laughing at a bit of the crazy stuff he's in to now the he only speaks in catchphrases and like zingers. This whole movie, that's how yeah. all he says. Yeah. And Liz, it probably or didn't make any sense to you. Sen- like every or line sentimental he said. dad quotes. Or sentimental dad quotes. That's all he says. It's true. Yeah. The the dimensionality on all of these characters was just really There's lacking. Two. That was the dimensionality. Yeah. Two. Two D. Yeah. So the the two descriptions of John McLean that I just gave was all was all I got. Pretty much for everybody in the entire movie. I guess this is one of those movies where it's like, well, do you need to see the first one to get it? Yeah, you need to see the first four to get it, right? The like, thing is, is like, I don't even think you do because I think you need to see the first three diehards for Die Hard 4 to really be impactful because so much of it has led to that. But this is a bastardization of the character of John McClane that we love. And I think seeing all the other movies doesn't do anything because I've seen them all and I see this and I go, this isn't it. This is not him. This isn't what I want. Yeah, I completely agree. Then we have a then we have a completely ridiculous car chase, which is sponsored well, you by skipped, Mercedes. You skipped the big twist. Jack oh. is a secret fucking agent. Oh, oh man, yeah, crazy. He's a, he's a spy. So he was doing it all intentionally. Now there's a super quick. This is not we, uh, John. Doesn't know this yet though. Like no. he pulls a gun on John. John gets in a Mercedes truck. Jack is a in a Mercedes van. Sprinter van. Yeah, John gets in a truck. Jack is in a sprinter van. And then the bad guys are in a Mercedes tank. And like yeah. a reasonably good car chase ensues, right? Yeah. It, I, was, it was decent. It it was a Jackie Chan movie. It was a Jackie Chan movie. Like the scene when John drives the G-Wagon off the bridge, another Mercedes. So thanks a lot, Mercedes, for all yeah. the product placement. Big Mercedes got their sticky fingers in this yeah. one. <laughs> drives the uh, drives his G-Wagon off the bridge and he, he does that like... He's like uh, drive down off a truck onto another yeah, truck. It's like, like a perfect a Jackie, ramp on the It's a Jackie highway. Chan movie. Like this 100%. Is a, yeah. I, I have to back up for quick, just a quick, okay. quick trivia fact. So when, when we see that Jack's a secret agent, he puts his little headset in, he starts talking to his like secret agent home base. Where do I go? Here I am. Blah, blah, blah. And we see like the army guys feeding him the info. There's a few, there's a few guys in that room talking to him. One of those guys is played by actor Aldous Hodge, who... You won't recognize because he's now a grown man, but played one of Samuel L. Jackson's nephews in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Wow. No That's way. a deep cut, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Because I knew he was in that, and then when I saw him for like two seconds in this, I was like, oh, fuck, that's crazy. Um, I guess he learned can, to can trust white a... people. <laughs> Just kidding. Liz, that's, that's you, a... you're going to need to watch Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> okay, Liz, that's I a will. line. I, I think... <laughs> it's a line in Die Hard with a Vengeance. You can just listen to our podcast, too. We say it, but yeah. I'm going to watch, I think, at least the first two. I would, um, I would watch one and three. This. Watch one, okay. three, and four, and yeah. then if you're bored, watch two. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about how this was the only Die Hard that was actually written as a Die Hard yeah. and That's, was supposed I've... to be a crossover with 24? Oh, my God, a crossover with 24? I didn't what? know that. Yeah. Like like Jack Bauer, like Kiefer Sutherland? Oh, yeah. 
Fuck. I can see this being a tw- episode of 24. Doop, yeah. Doop, doop. Like tw- that 24? I don't like, know. I've never seen an episode of 24. Doing, but... There's a beeping in the thing, right? <laughs> oh, is like there? It yeah. Takes down, like, I don't know. I Probably, yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um and and to its detriment, the other ones that were written as good movies and then they just were like, how can we get John McClane in here it was better, but this one they were just like, we have John McClane, what if we just write a story around him? Failed. Uh my big question, the big question here is if he's a, if if Jai Courtney is a secret agent, why the fuck does his dad know where he is? How is his <laughs> real name in the newspaper? Like what kind of secret agent bullshit is this? Well, Sue Gray got it, right? Well, they didn't know he was a secret agent, he was just undercover. I guess now I get Terrible. it. Terrible. I hate this movie. Yeah, I was I at it. this point in the movie. It was John. I was uh, angry. I was already by mad. John Moore. Never heard of him. Yeah. So he did um, uh, Max Payne, Behind Enemy Lines, The Omen, and It. All awful. Uh, yeah, that Max not, Payne movie m- was real bad. Maybe not Behind Enemy Lines. That's a pretty good one. That was his only good movie. Liz, another callback in this car chase scene that won't make any sense to you, but the ringtone on John's phone, Ode to Joy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which doesn't make any sense to John because he didn't hear the soundtrack to his first movie. Yeah, that's a great point. Actually, yeah. wow. And then wow. there's a scene. There's a scene when the bad, like the the biggest one of the big problems I had with this movie is the the interaction. So in the other four movies, Liz, uh, John John McClane has great interactions with the bad guys. He always gets on the radio. He always razzes them. He always like, you know, just pokes the bear. And this one, they didn't have any of that. And well, because. There were flat villains. Like yeah. they don't have any. They're not. I don't feel anything about them. I'm no. not even like mildly annoyed by them. Like the scene when he goes, "When I ask you to drive, I want you to fly," and he like drives off a ramp. First of all, why was he getting on the exit ramp when he was two seconds behind the sprinter van? And then he just somehow doesn't drive that truck straight into the ground. Like this is not how physics works. Anyway, I like the bad guy's neck tattoo. Oh, yeah, but I thought that was going to come into play because there's also a shirtless bad guy later with a bunch of tattoos, so maybe you're thinking, oh, it's like an Eastern Promises thing. Anyways, nope. um, after the car chase is done, uh, John calls the old Russian guy, refers to him as Papa Geppetto, which I laughed at. Um, yeah, like, and the, those are those were great, Papa Geppetto. No, the thing you is- You had a tetanus shot. Those were hilarious. There is some good zingers, but it, you can't be all zinger all the time. No, no. Like, the, and that truck, like, yeah, it was just, oh, I got a he, question for you, Ryan. Can you drive standard? Uh, Yeah, my first car, well, my first two cars were standard. It's been a while since I've driven this a, is, a stick This ship, is in my but... notes. Ryan, can you drive standard? Yeah. Well, can you, Liz? No. Oh, well. Wow, you sound so disappointed. Well, no, I just think it's, well, neither can my beautiful wife, Jen. Well, she can, sorry, I should say this, she can, but she wouldn't let me buy a standard car. I really like driving standard, because... I, oh, I don't. I mean, unless you're oh. buying, unless you're getting like a fancy sports car or something, there's no reason to do it. No, mine was a mine was a truck. But yeah, the old Dodge Dakota. Anyhow, uh, anyway. what are we doing here? Talk to car Guys. talk. Sorry. Was this the the one with those British guys? You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, t- uh, Top Gear. Yeah. More interesting than this movie. So anyway, keep going. <laughs> car chase ends. I don't know. It's just like he then he's laughing at his kid, like being like, "Oh, you're a secret agent. That's dumb." And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're a cop. You do, you're do. you a cop because you want to help people and protect people, which, I mean, I don't know if that's exactly why most people become cops. I've got opinions about the police. But in this fictional universe, that's why John McClane is a cop, to help people. Well, Jai Courtney becomes, uh, we don't even know what, uh, what, what 
uh, if he's the CIA, CIA or whatever. I would be CIA, But, yeah. like, I'm assuming he's doing that to protect people in his country and try to do the right thing in the world. That's commendable. That's a good thing. And John's I, like, you're dumb. This is dumb. No, I think he's laughing at the situation, right? I don't know. I feel like he he was, like, laughing at his kid. I don't know. Anyway. Liz, you're so, the expert. Yeah, what was he doing? <laughs> I Well, so I this is another piece of the movie that disappointed me because I felt like there was so much, like, potential with a father-son conflict dynamic that they just did nothing with. No, you know, it like, was awful. It was awful. Like, so, yeah, like, maybe John McClane is laughing at his kid a little bit, but Jack doesn't really pick up on it or react in the way that you would if you were being made. Like, you know, like, it, it just wasn't a lot of back and forth, and it, it was, didn't build, and it yeah. was, wasn't was a conflict, really. Zero chemistry between them. I Like, and you see that in the next scene. So the, the safe house gets shot up, and John goes, Puh, safe house. Another shot against the CIA. Well, I believe that, he also says, I'm on fucking vacation. Yeah, he which shoots a guy. I liked it. I like kind of like that. John kills way more bad guys than everybody else. They do the cool, we have the frame explosive. They press the button and everything explodes. Those are cool CIA tropes that I like, right? You see those all the time in like Jack Ryan or whatever. A lot of Tom Clancy kind of shit there. But then it gets to, we got to break into the hotel. Where I first should dance with your mother. Well, I mean, we had a quick we had a quick foot chase, and my note was that like five minutes after a ten minute long truck chase, we now are on a foot chase. Like it, it's just like a couple different action scenes they wrote, and then they tried to stitch them together, and they did it poorly, in my that's, opinion. Well, that's the whole movie is just action scenes stitched together with John yeah. McClane exactly. doing bad dialogue. Yeah. When yeah. when they get to the hotel, there was like a weird heart to heart between John and the old Russian dude. Yeah. Like, like, do you have kids? Oh, here's my kid. Here's my relationship. It's like you don't fucking know each other. Well, and there's this whole like, uh, that's this is where the I found that uh, their relationship to father and son was just very strained. What's with all this John shit? Why don't you call me dad? Really? You're gonna say that? Like he? You haven't seen the kid in three? You don't even know how long it's been since you've seen him, and yeah. you're expecting to be a father? Get the fuck out of here, John. Anyway. That that part's probably realistic, to be honest. <laughs> oh, really? the, his dad, or his son calls him John because he doesn't yeah, have a lot of respect fine. for him? Yeah. Yeah, I understand or like, that. Or even, you know, or even him going in trying to expect it to be way different than it would be. But like, mm, I, I don't maybe. know. I, yeah, good point. After this weird heart-to-heart, they're trying to sneak into this hotel to meet Russian guy's daughter. Because he's he's got to escape with her. He says, I won't give you the code for the file until you get my daughter. And clearly, because, uh, oh, also in the elevator, uh, Girl from Ipanema is playing. Dun, oh, dun, that, that was dun, good. Dun, 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 dun. Was yeah. that a callback or just? No, good? that's just my favorite song to play in an elevator. A lot of movies do it. <laughs> but awesome. that was also like, because John gets them in the elevator and there's this awkward moment of, Oh, you've done this before. Like, nice work. Like, it could have been a nice job, Dad. I don't know. I didn't think that scene was very well done. They could have done more of that. The whole movie wasn't very well done. Yeah, anyway, keep going. The, the only reason they're doing this weird meetup in this ballroom is because it's like this crazy old hotel, and the ballroom looks really cool. And as soon as they walk in, you're like, oh, there's definitely going to be a big gunfight here. This one's going to get here. shot up. They, they only this picked this so they could do, like, a f- cool fucking gunfight. Yeah. There's way too there's way too many glass chandeliers in here. This is definitely yeah. gonna end poorly. Yeah, yeah. And then the daughter comes in and you're like, oh shit, it's the mean lady from the courthouse explosion earlier. Fuck. And you're like, oh man. Now, this is the part where Charlotte, my beautiful wife Charlotte, was like, How would he know? Because she's done nothing weird. She's just been like, Dad, so glad to see you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't like it. It's weird. I don't trust her. And you're like, okay, super clop, McLean, like 
there's no reason for you to suspect her. But trauma. <laughs> so he suspects everybody? That... Yeah, he doesn't feel safe ever. Okay, maybe that makes sense. Yeah. I think so. Hmm. This is this is my this is my my take on him as at like if I've only met him in this movie, right? Is that he's just like a loose cannon who? Oh, he's definitely a loose. Sees cannon. danger where there's no danger, and ask is Dan perfectly and, calm. Ask Dennis Franz hard. what Dennis Franz thinks, and he's going to tell you that John McClane is a loose fucking yeah, his captain, cannon. His captain keeps telling him there's rules. Yeah. So look, here's the thing where I finally just wrote in my notes: this is a bad movie, and it was written poorly because John McClane has been in Russia for, I don't know, conservatively, let's say three, four hours. And he knows yep. one single thing about Russia, and that's that his cabbie told him the traffic in this area is always bad. And he doesn't trust this woman, and he asks her, oh, how'd you get here so soon? And she's like, I drove. I took the garden way. And he's like, isn't the traffic always bad on the garden way? And you're like, fuck off. You guys could have... You didn't put any effort into writing this. Are yeah. you kidding me? Like, at least have this... Okay, this is a good... This would be a good time, because Lucy, Lucy gives him a fact book or whatever. Right, like a. I think it was a dictionary. Guide. It was a translation dictionary. No, it's an idiot's travel guide because he makes. Oh, it is it? Like yeah, idiot. that makes sense. He is. An and idiot. then he was like, "So at least you could have had him reading something like this, like because he's reading the confidential documents on the plane. Maybe he rubs his eyes, and then he reads the reads the idiot's guide, and he learns something there, and she fucks that up or something." Guys, I right? think we should write this next Die Hard movie. Like, I think yeah. we should just do it. I three of us, <laughs> Liz. You don't even understand. I consume so much. Uh, entertainment that like I I truly could be a Hollywood writer for movies or TV I understand how they work it's like it's like my brain works the same as them um, yeah. I'm gonna quit my job I'm gonna move to Hollywood I'm gonna do it can uh, we still do this podcast because yeah for sure and also when you're famous. quitting your job and moving to Hollywood to work in movies has definitely never worked bad for anybody that we know <sighs> worked out well in true romance um, they didn't quit their job they just ran away there <laughs> anyways uh Next, all caps in my notes, helicopter. Uh, Tuck, do you want to talk to Liz about helicopters and Die Hard for a sec? Um, John knows how to fly one. And... Tuck, every Die Hard movie has a huge set piece with a helicopter. Every one. Uh, oh, yeah. The last, I was just thinking of the third Have one. Have you not like, noticed that before? Nope. That I just clued into, yeah. Oh, my God. Die Hard, the first Die Hard. There's the so, big scene on the roof where they wait, shoot at him. There's an explosion. Yeah, he jumps off. Like Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2, he jumps off onto the moving plane. <laughs> Die Hard 3, they take it to Quebec. Then they shoot Jeremy Irons yeah, in his helicopter. I got it. I got it. Die Hard 4, I'm, they kill a helicopter so with a car. I was just confusing. No, they kill a helicopter with a car, and John flies a helicopter. That's why they too, put that scene full. in Die Hard 4. That's okay, why. this explains a lot, because I just have, what is this helicopter bullshit? I mean, this helicopter is insane. It's also like some crazy military helicopter or something. It looks fucking crazy. It uh, so yeah, but the and the glass, the shooting the the shooting the glass windows out up on the roof. The yeah, you know glass, what? I, that I, was I a do, callback to the Die Hard one. For sure, Had it was. Been. I do love a good dive behind a bar during a shootout. That's a classic mm -hmm. move that I love. Yeah, like. And I, I had in my notes up until this point, because literally after this scene, this is when we're introduced to probably the true villain, the true um, nature of the villain with the Chernobyl piece and all that sort of stuff. Like, why is Jai Courtney here? That kind of thing. Up until this point, the dive behind the bar, the helicopter, I was like, okay, this is this is not bad. Like, the interaction's a little robotic, but the dialogue's not great. I can handle this. I can take the ridiculous car chase. All of that stuff I can handle. But then when they introduce this, the, the next scene when they introduce this r ridiculous notion that 
this guy and the defense minister were um, harboring weapons grade pluton- the, the weapons grade plutonium out of Chernobyl and selling it. Then they got greedy and they caused the meltdown. That line, I was like, "Fuck this movie!" Yeah, it jumps the shark for sure. Yeah, it's insane. I was like, "Nope." This goes from John John McClane being like a beat cop stuck in a weird situation that has to save some hostages to okay, he's gonna I don't know stop nuclear Armageddon or some shit. Yeah. Plus, shout out to Home Alone Two where they jump down that tube, right? You know that's totally safe when you jump down a garbage chute. So. Yeah, I actually had that notice that if they weren't safe from the helicopter inside the building, I'm not sure why they thought jumping out onto the scaffolding they, outside the building would be helpful. Numerous times, numerous times in this movie. Both John and Jack just jump out of windows without a plan. Yeah, like, it's a big move. No way did they check once, the Once, twice a week. Yeah. It's a metaphor for the movie. Is it? I don't know. That was deep. Oh, uh, uh, there is a there is got. a good in the when the helicopter's shooting up the ballroom, there is one good line. After they jump behind the bar, you know, Jack says something uh sorry, John says something nice to Jack about, you know, hey, maybe I do blah blah blah, sentimental. And Jack says, Don't get sentimental, that's not your thing. John McClane says, well, what's my thing? And he goes, killing bad guys, that's your thing. And I was like, nah, I like that. That's true. Yeah, I'll give you that. What did you think of that line, Liz? <sighs> I don't... I don't know. So part of... I was like a little upset that I was assigned this movie just because it's... Well, I talked last episode about um, really liking Mumblecore, and I think that this movie is the exact opposite <laughs> yes. of that. Yeah. Um, but also I just like really dislike, um, violence without consequence in movies. Oh, that's a hundred percent what this movie is. Wait. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you know what I mean? But like, no, so, like, because I, uh, I, go I, ahead. Like just extra violence. You know? Okay. No, no without consequence. No, like John, John does absolutely bananas, crazy, violent shit and is basically fine, which yeah, would like not the, be the case. He would be fucked the hell up. Exactly. The episode, or like the the ending of this movie, and I'm jumping way ahead, but like when oh, they get no, off Oh no, you're going to ruin the movie. No, <laughs> please stop. Stop. In, Spoiler. In the States, and his daughter is there and just like happily greets them, and like everybody's He's like, probably oh, like a war criminal. He's an international criminal now. He no, killed like 40 guys in Russia. Oh, big time. Yeah. So you don't like it when characters don't feel the impact of the violent acts that they've done? They, there's no consequences for them whatsoever. In fact, they're patted on the back and lauded as heroes. That's what I don't like. Violence mm, aside, okay. any story in which the consequences of your actions don't matter is not a good story. Yeah, exactly. I, I'll agree with that. I think, yeah. Um, hey, anyway. big, huge so plot keep going. twist. The bad guys caused Chernobyl. Oh, wait, Tuck already said that. This movie sucks. Awful. Anyway. so I literally, go... my next note is, oh boy, now they're going to Chernobyl. This movie, wow. The tennis shot line? Is good, like when he's like, "When's the last time you got a tetanus shot?" Because he's got that rebar sticking in, and he pulls it out. That was a kind of that was a good scene. I a fun scene. medical fact: you don't catch tetanus from rust. It's not rust that causes tetanus. It just so happens that the bacteria that does cause tetanus happens to be found usually the same place as rust are found. That is a fun fact. Also, fun know, fact: Star when you have a puncture wound, don't pull the no, thing never out. pull it out. That might yeah. be pulled bandage around it. I'm on like, season three of Grey's. I know that. Awful. Season three. Oh, I, yeah, that's about where I stopped too. No, it's good. I like We're going to keep going. Look, this movie's trash. We we get to Chernobyl, which by the way, 12 hour drive. I looked it up. Sorry. I just got to back up a second. The pirate gun line made me. 
<laughs> what is this? A fucking pirate gun? Because they go to before they go to Chernobyl, they go to they the Chechnyan bar, car, yeah. right? And they're like, just he just so happens to know that this <laughs> this fucking car is full of bulletproof vests, every gun imaginable, and some sort of napalm grenade, which we get into later. But like, yeah, that was ridiculous. But the this pirate gun line made me bad laugh. writing. Yeah, it's just it's just everything works out for these characters. Like even in the last one where things kind of work out good, there's some adversity for the the main character. This is just written as a video game. Go to the bar, there's always things there. Oh look, you found an entire weapons cache. Like, I don't know. Anyway, so they go to Chernobyl. They do. And guys, big surprise, Liz, this might not make sense for you, but for anybody who's watched the last four or listened to this podcast, it turns out it's a huge double cross. The whole thing was just about money. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not skipping over the fact that they, they go to Chernobyl with no PPE. <laughs> oh, like, um, I looked No, this... it's okay. They sprayed everything. That yeah, spray? Is that... I don't think yeah. that spray thing. They're like, this stuff is real radioactive. And then they sprayed it and they're like, it's cool now. Why would they just thing, spray right? that everywhere? And then Chernobyl's not radioactive anymore. Right. Now, I did. I For sure, the spray is dumb. Liz, you're absolutely correct about the spray. But I did Google, like, is it safe to be at Chernobyl? And, and basically what I read was that the amount of radiation you're getting per hour is quite low and within kind of safe levels. Obviously, you don't want to spend a month there. But it's not that different than taking, like, a very long flight mm, um, in okay. terms of how much radiation you're getting. But... That's different than what they do. They run around and they kick up a lot of stuff and they make a big mess and they swim in some water and they have open wounds. So they are taking much more than the let me just walk quietly through the area amount of radiation. But this movie is dumb, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, okay. So go, I, go ahead, Liz. No, go no, ahead. No, Liz, how did you feel either. when you found out that we thought was the good Russian guy that turned out to be the bad Russian guy, that they were trying to get in there to get his secret file to incriminate the bad Russian guy, quote unquote, was actually, no, he was trying to get in there to get all this uranium to then sell it to make billions of euros. How did that make you feel? I felt nothing. Yeah. Because I didn't, because I didn't have any attachment to the other bad guy. Like I knew nothing about him other than that he was bad. You knew nothing about him and you even had the Russian parts being listed. I had to search all those Russian parts and I still felt nothing. It was dumb. It's very fucking dumb. But mm-hmm. huge trope in Die Hard for the bad guys to to make it seem like they have some sort of big grandiose reason for doing what they're doing, but then it always ends up just being that they want the money. Yeah, and this guy didn't even have a big grandiose. Yeah, because there's a Jai Courtney has a line, or I think it's Bruce Willis says it's always about money. Or is that Jai? It's probably and Bruce. When they when they corner him, because at this point they get in there. Also, the one dude with the tattoos who's jacked like he's i have the next note in my phone we see this big shirtless russian dude why is he i don't know why he's shirtless he's oiled up he's loading up a helicopter and i said there's no way john doesn't fight this big shirtless russian because i was hoping he did is that he always fights like a nine foot tall swedish guy that just beats the shit out of him and i was like this is your guy he's shirtless this is the swede this is the swede yeah now sadly they get in a gunfight with him and he just blows him up instead which i thought was pretty disappointing this this is another diehard trope that explosions don't make sense for the devices that have given them that have created the explosion what kind of grenade was that well, there was a natural. There was a gas line leaking, right? And that was it. Was like the gas that ignited. Uh, that makes sense now. 
Well, I, I mean, it makes marginally more sense, but I would still argue that it, no, it does not make sense. I'm just still really upset that they're in Chernobyl. Like, it, yeah, it, it was oh. just such a voted non-confidence for viewers to be like, oh, what do people know about post-Soviet Russia? Oh, nothing. They only know things about Soviet Russia and the arms race. And so, therefore, we have to go to Chernobyl. I'm like, not obviously. A huge Fuck. post-Soviet Russia guy. I just know they do things differently over there. Hey, quick real is. life talk for a moment. Did you guys see that Putin this week made it uh, made a bill that was like past past Russian presidents now have like lifetime immunity to criminal prosecution no, because he announced course. earlier this year that I think he's retiring for health reasons. Oh, that's a coincidence. That's weird. <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> okay, so if you want if oh, you man. want um a, a good dose of Russian propaganda. Always. I can't remember if I've showed you this before or not. There's a music video. Tattoo? Um, Are we going to talk about no, tattoo? No, uh, but it, a Russian group put put out a a video that's like essentially like I want a man like Putin. Ooh. Um, but the word for like Putin in Russian is cock, cock Putin. I want a cock Putin. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's all in Russian. But you should look it up. It's just worth. Uh, I want a cock Putin. So okay, what am we'll I googling here? Cock Putin. <laughs> so, is tattoo that Tegan and Sarah song? No, no. tattoos. No. The tattoo is the name of this weird Russian duo that made a weird pop song in like the early two thousands. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that song. Hey, speaking it. of Tegan and Sarah, I'm now three seasons into, into Grey's Anatomy, and I would say there's a Tegan and Sarah song. Ooh, conservatively every other episode. Uh, yep. this is a huge name drop, but Tegan and Sarah's mother was my high school guidance counselor. Oh my God. You're the most no famous way. person we've ever had on this podcast. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Can you tag them? Maybe get a retweet? <laughs> yeah, can we get something? Tegan and or Sarah on the pod? <laughs> anyway. Or their mom. Okay, Honestly, their mom would be cool. <laughs> their mom would be rough. awesome. Can yeah. we get your high school guidance counselor on here? Um, okay. Let's wrap this movie up because it's awful. And then Big we can talk fight about fun at things. the end. There's like some helicopter shit. The angry daughter's in the helicopter. Jai Courtney throws. John drives a truck out of the helicopter. Oh, that was cool. He like tied a chain to the helicopter. Yeah, that and was the okay. Truck out. I'll take that. He didn't think that one through, but that's classic John. That is and a classic says the John. Things move. you do for your kids, which is a good one liner. Does he also say yippee ki motherfucker, when he drives the yeah, truck? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So this movie's rated R because there's two f bombs in it. Oh at my least. god, unbelievable! Look, um, the other thing that I wanted to say was that Jai Courtney throws the Russian dude off the roof and you get a quick scene like Hans Gruber callback to the original Die Hard yes, but yes. twist and then he gets chopped up by the helicopter blades I was like okay I like that yeah the Hans Gruber the Hans Gruber callback because they did they used the same effect I think that they did that intentionally maybe it does look yeah. very similar it looks very um, similar the angry Russian daughter runs out of bullets so tries to kill them with the helicopter exploding herself um, and then they jump out like the fifth window. <laughs> Stretch callback to Die Hard Four, where they killed yeah. the helicopter with the plane, or they held the, they killed the helicopter with the car. So now she's trying to kill people with a helicopter. Yeah, you see that? See that transitive property there? So can we talk a little bit, like just a little <laughs> bit, about the problem with make turning like a movie into a franchise? Yes, please. Sure. Yeah. So let's just quickly. We're gonna wrap up. Good day, Die Hard. Bad movie. Okay, sorry. Awful bad. ending bad. scene. It sucks. Zero okay. out of ten. Liz, what's the problem with turning a movie like this into a franchise? Well, so it's interesting that, you know, like the the trope in Die Hard is that it's all about the money because this movie certainly mm. was. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I mean, it was a huge budget. Yeah, it was a huge budget film, but it also oh, made back, that's you know, three times as much mo- money as it spent. Liz, did you um, do research? I did a little oh, bit. Oh, that's so sweet. 
Yeah, you're the best. I care about things. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you care about things. You should not care about this. No, part, plus yes. we literally well... know you were studying for an exam, so I hope this didn't take away for for this. <laughs> <laughs> not Please. too much. It was it was okay. a welcome break. Okay. Good. Um, but but at any rate, like I I just I guess I know I know that you two are both ones that watch a lot of movie franchises, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I just feel at some point like the quality. Of, well, I don't know. I guess maybe this comes down to a larger question, and maybe this isn't one to answer on this particular podcast. But I think we've talked, you've talked a lot about like why you watch movies for escapism, for entertainment, etc. I think part of why I don't typically like this type of movie is that I also consider movies sometimes to be art, not always, but sometimes. Nope. Um, yeah. And I think that franchising a movie takes it in the opposite direction. No, but uh, Scott brought that up on the death of creativity right mm-hmm. like kind of how you know in the 80s used to throw movies together like robocop and stuff like that but but now that everything's a franchise it's just just a money grab and so you lose some of that creativity what we're seeing now i think with what disney released with 10 like because they just released 10 new series on marvel 10 new series well, they released star them, wars they announced, them. they announced them sorry thank you ryan um, for that correction during, you just talked to me. You just talked to me. That's <laughs> important. No. If you say that they released 10 new, people are turning this off. They're they running to Disney Plus. Yeah. They Don't go away. They're not 20 out 20 new series in the same, that would arguably be two of the biggest franchises of all time. So I think what we're seeing now is creativity within a franchise environment, which is kind of exciting. Like you look at, um, if you watch Thor, you probably haven't watched, how many Marvel movies have you watched, Liz? I don't want to count them. Probably not. Like, probably no more than a hand. Okay. Huh. So maybe, like, um, like you watch the first batch. If you skip the second batch and then jump right into, like, Thor 3 or um, the new Thor, like, those kind of when, things. Okay. So when do you feel like these, these franchises hit their stride? Because maybe there was, like, a growing pains period and that's the period in which this movie, this big pile of shit emerged, you know? I have an opinion about what you said, you know. And you're absolutely right. Some films are art and some are just entertainment. And sometimes you get a mix of both, but sometimes you just get all entertainment, no art. And that's okay. So, that's what yeah, its totally. job is sometimes, you know. For sure. Um, sometimes you get all art, no entertainment. I definitely didn't go into this movie yeah. expecting art. Yeah, <laughs> nobody did. Now, in terms of, well, can you possibly do a franchise without losing that? I would argue that most artistic films never franchise. It's just not how that works. Entertaining movies do, you know, when their goal is just entertainment, they're not trying to make necessarily what they would consider something artistic. You can, there's no limit to it. If you have a good story and a good team and people who care about the product they're making, what they're going to make is going to be good and it's going to be entertaining. But you can just as easily not have any of that and just go, well, if we make it, we're going to count the dollars. And it doesn't matter yeah. if it's a diehard franchise, Star Wars, uh, Marvel. It doesn't matter if you've got six movies made, one movie made. doesn't matter. The risk is always there. It can be good or it can be bad. And in this case, yeah. it absolutely was just they didn't, they didn't have the quality story that they usually have for a diehard. Yeah. They half-assed it. They had a couple ideas that they piece together with bad action, and this movie is trash. So I think you should watch the first Die Hard, Liz, and then mm-hmm. you should let us know your opinion. Because honestly, that one, it captures, it's not just entertainment, it's just, it's, I wouldn't, I would call it art. Because Ryan, you said something like a movie can be art or a movie can be entertainment 
our movie can be entertainment with just art. Like, I think that's where we're at with a lot of these franchises is they're entertaining plus they're capturing a bit of art. Like they're doing cool things with effects and they're doing cool things like like art can be anything. Like if we really want to get that deep, but um <laughs> we don't. But no. yeah, like okay. the the subtleties that like the reason that Die Hard 1 and 3 work is because of the characters. Then they then they develop John McClane in 1, like they really develop in 1 and they develop they continue to develop him better in in 3. And even in four, like that's why it works. It's because it's it's an action movie driven by character development, whereas this one is just a shitty action movie with a character we love, so it doesn't work, right? Not at all. Um, I would literally give this movie zero out of ten. Talk. Do you do you have a rating? No, because our past guest Shabir said that effects take time, and you can't give movies zero. So I can I do what I want. Movie, Shabir, I'll give this movie like a I don't know, like a three and a half out of ten. Liz, if we asked you to rate it out of ten, how would you feel? I I would probably go four. Wow, nice. surprisingly high. Yeah. It wasn't like I don't know. I I didn't like it. I wouldn't watch it again. I wouldn't recommend it to others. But I'm also like, you know, it wasn't. Does it? Did it make you want to watch other diehards? Oh, that's a good yes. Point. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, just because I was disappointed. I was like, I feel like they could do this better. This next part of the pod for December, we usually asked our guests to rank their diehards. You cannot do that. No, I um, can't. So instead, I thought since it's the last last episode of the Christmas season, and actually when we release this, it'll be after Christmas. Christmas is, spoiler, this is how recording stuff works. Christmas is, Christmas Eve is tomorrow yeah. when we're recording this. So and- Mer- Merry Christmas, podcast listeners, if you celebrate that. And well, no, happy actually, belated it'll Hanukkah. be happy, happy New Year because when they hear this, I think it'll be the day before. Well, New that's Year's how we'll Eve. end the episode. So it's like, yeah, Merry belated Christmas. Oh shit. Well, now I'm happy. confused. Time is confusing. Um, anyway, time is a flat circle. Happy way belated Hanukkah. What happy I wanted to try to say Christmas. before Tuck started hurting my tiny brain it is tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and here in the Phillips household, we like to, um, uh, as a Christmas Eve dinner. Um, we cook a lot of little oven-made appetizers. You know, we got some coconut shrimp. We got some. Ooh, we got some, some little shrimp. samosas. We got some little chicken bites. Uh, we, we got like four or five little appetizer things. They're all a brown fried color. You know, delicious. Um, and then you we're gonna eat M&M, those and watch that M&M Asian party platter. Uh, we so got them from a uh, superstore, real Canadian superstore. Nice, shout out. Nice. And we're gonna we're gonna eat those and we're gonna watch Elf. Do you guys have a a a, a plan similar to that for your New Year's Eve or sorry for your Christmas Eve that a fun thing you like to do? My Christmas Eve is going to be waking up at 6 a.m. Weird. To, yeah, wait for it. I have, a, so in the beginning of the pandemic, I kind of hooked back up with a whole bunch of girls that I went to high school with. Um, and these are my OG, like, movie-watching ladies. Um, we would get together and have all-nighters and watch ridiculous movies. Um, like, I think it's the game Featuring Michael Douglas. Yeah. Do you, it's the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Like great, great, great films. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> great action films, right? Um, and all sorts of different weird ones. Um, and we started watching um, all of the Harry Potter movies together online. One of them's in Toronto, one of them's in Iqaluit, one of them's in Edinburgh. Um, so there's a massive time difference. And none of them could come home for Christmas, obviously, because COVID. So we're all getting together tomorrow morning and at 6 a.m. my time, 8 a.m the Toronto ladies time and like in the afternoon for my friend in Edinburgh, we are watching a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, that's Aww. fun. That's, that's yeah. Really fun. And then I'm going to go skiing cause pow. So cross country or downhill, uh, back country. 
Nice. What does that What does that mean? Uh, it means that you strap skins to the bottom of your skis mm-hmm. and walk uphill and then ski down. Be safe. There's a lot of snow. Thank you. Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of snow in it. Get the Abbey beacon. Hazard's high, so we'll just be, yeah. just be in the Similarily, yeah. I will play video games in my living room. <laughs> Sick. We're going to go skating, I think. We uh, we watched Christmas Vacation. This is a tradition that yeah. my wife, my uh, beautiful wife, Jen. Yeah, a Christmas Eve snack or food lined up for Christmas Vacation? Yeah, beer mm. and a couple mm-hmm. more beers. But no, like, um, yeah, we got to set everything up because Santa's coming, so we got to put up milk and cookies. So. Nice. And I uh, got to get cookies. Big... What kind of cookies? I don't know. Probably. The... Oh, we got some decorated holiday cookies, sugar cookies. So plus we got some shortbreads and carrots for the reindeer. And then uh... so my partner and I wrote letters to Santa this year. I made him. Did you? Um, <laughs> you made wrote... him? <laughs> I made him and they wrote him back, but not me. Oh, you're getting cold. Yeah. That's because you, you made Liz, him. What did you, you got do? on the naughty list. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> oh, shout out. Actually. Last minute five second Christmas review. Watch Christmas Chronicles tonight. Kind of made me cry. So there you go. Uh, it's decent. It's yeah, decent. I haven't seen that bad. one. That's a Kurt Russell one. Kurt Russell mm-hmm. is a good Santa. Haven't seen that. it. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's I'll like toss a, it in. He's like a badass Santa. Anyway, well, Liz, this was really awesome. Liz, thank, thank you. you so much for coming back. I'm so sorry you had to watch this absolutely brutal movie. I really appreciated your opinion, though. I, I appreciate you guys, and I I don't know that there's another pair of fellas that i'd do this this was like <laughs> <laughs> um we we really appreciate you coming on next time you come on hey spoiler we'll we'll give you a really good topic that you want to talk about so we'll we'll watch you know what ryan and i will watch arts films yeah i was just gonna watch. say why don't oh, why don't we next time liz comes on we do another um film breakdown but maybe we let her pick the movie and and okay. i have to class it up a notch for once I'm in my life feels so dumb but yeah Excited. yeah <laughs> so next time you want to come on liz in like i don't know three months we'll do a movie that you want to watch so thank you for watching a good day right. to die hard we're sorry enjoy the first uh enjoy the first die hard Maybe and, that's uh, what I'll do Christmas Day, guys. Happy uh, oh. Happy New Year's, Tucker. Happy Long. New Year's to our listeners. Normally, at the end of a December, we tell you to stay hard, but we're out of diehards, so just go back to normal. And just, uh, um, we're really yeah. excited to keep releasing new episodes in 2021. Um, we're not sure why you're still listening, but we do appreciate we're you. Very happy. And Tuck, I know listeners. we had a touching moment at the beginning, and I do. I just want to reiterate that. Um, I have a lot of fun doing this with you, buddy, and I hope you and yours have a great Christmas and a, and a happy New Year's. You too, buddy. Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy Christmas Eve. And yeah, happy New Year. Love you, man. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.